to have passion in life is everything. What's your Everest? Oh, is it yeah. that 200 inch buck? They just look so impressive when they're wide. Especially running away. <laughs> Welcome to this week's episode of Eastman's Elevated. It's like a think tank for outdoor activity. Sounds exactly like my hunting. Just always thinking about it, always trying to evolve it and make it better. Here's your host, Brian Barney. Hey, what's happening, guys? Got a brand new Eastman's Elevated for you. So on today's show, I have on Ryan Muncie and Mike Lum from Fuel the Pursuit. So these guys are a wealth of knowledge about human performance and human optimization in the mountains. Uh, they've put together a whole course on being prepared for your backcountry hunts as far as nutrition, training. Uh, they've got a great section on mental toughness. And so it makes for a really fun conversation. Like, uh, these are the, the things that we can do to optimize ourselves to be at our very best during our backcountry hunts. So I really enjoyed the conversation, and I think you guys will too. I want to thank my sponsors for today's show. I want to thank Sportsman's Warehouse. Sportsman's Warehouse has absolutely everything you need for camping, fishing, hunting, you name it. With locations all around the U.S., it's an easy stop if you're making a trip to a, a, a different state or a different unit hunting. Um, so I know I can get my tags there. I know I can get any of the last-minute things I need. And then they've got everything in there, you know, all the top brands where you can try it on, you can touch it, you can feel it. As far as glass, you can look through it. Rangefinders, you, you, you can look through them and get a reading and see how quick the laser is, how powerful it is. Uh, they've got a great knowledgeable staff in each department. And... Uh, they're, they're a real asset for us Western hunters. So if you guys are in the market for anything outdoors, and whether that's preparing for your hunt or whether it's last minute, Sportsman's Warehouse has got you covered. I also want to thank Cutter Stabilizers. So stabilizers have really caught on in the last few years for Western hunting. Guys are really seeing the benefit of them. And Earl Stroll is the founder of Cutter, and he's a Western hunter himself, but he's designed the best bars on the market. So they're carbon fiber, so they're light, so you move the weight farther from the bow. Uh, they're built durable. He's really worked on his connections, both to the bow and to the weights. And, and you can really fine-tune your system. So I'm using a 15-inch carbon fiber bar out front and then a 12 inch in the back and I use about six ounces on the front of my bow and 10 ounces in the back but you can change the angles of these you can change the weight uh, so you can really help the hold of your bow and the reaction of it to build the most forgiving shooting western hunting bow on the market so I'm so impressed with these bars I've been using them the last handful of years, and uh, Earl is a great guy. They're great bars. It's a great system. So if you guys are in the market, uh, make sure to check out Cutter Stabilizers. Okay, over at Eastman's, we've got Eastman's Bow Hunting Journal and Eastman's Hunting Journal. Uh, so they're the best magazines in the business. I've been a subscriber for the last 15 or even 20 years to these magazines. Uh, just great subscriber stories, great pro staff articles, all to help you become a better public land hunter. Um, I know I've got a couple uh, articles coming out in the next Eastman's Bow Hunting Journal that I'm super excited about. I just love uh, picking the photos for it and really working on the dialogue to give you guys that next level information. So, uh, you can get a subscription through Eastman's.com, and if you put in Elevated321 in the promo code, uh, you can get a subscription to both magazines for $50 and get a free Outdoor Edge knife, uh, with and that includes shipping and handling. 
So again, the promo code is elevated321. Punch that out at checkout and you'll get a deal on that. If you're just interested in the bow hunting journal or just interested in uh, the hunting journal, uh, it's $30. Still get that free knife, still get free shipping and handling. So make sure to check that out and check out everything we have going on at Eastman's. Check out our, our Eastman's hunting TV. Uh, you can find that on YouTube. Uh, you can find it on the outdoor channel. I think they're working on one of my early season hunts from last year. I just had to film a little piece and send it over to him. That'll be a little tech tip in it. Uh, so I'm super excited to see that take life. Um, Man, it was an awesome hunt, uh, uh, backpacking, uh, public land, high country mule deer hunt in August. Just super cool. So I can't wait for that to come out. And uh, yeah, check out everything we've got going on over there. Um, you check out the other podcasts that I have, Eastman's Flycast. Uh, I do an episode every two weeks over there. And uh, you can find that everywhere you find podcasts. So with that... Um, let's get into this podcast. So this is Ryan Muncy, Mike Lum from Fuel the Pursuit. I'm Brian Barney, your host from Eastman's Elevated. Here we go. Okay, I'm live here with a couple of my friends, uh, Ryan Muncy, and uh, I also have Mike Lum on. Um, so these two created Fuel the Pursuit. And so I've had him on the podcast before, and we've become friends. And so uh, you guys launched Fuel the Pursuit, which I'm so happy for you. And so I wanted to get you back on the podcast. Uh, you guys put me through the course. It's an amazing course. Thanks. Thanks, Brian. And we appreciate being back on again. I'm excited to have the conversation and maybe dig in a little bit deeper with the course. Yeah, we're, we're pretty excited about it. Man, it's such good information, Mike and Ryan. I'm, I'm so impressed. Like, um, I went, uh, you guys gave me access to the course and um, I got hooked on it, but maybe just talk real quick about Fuel the Pursuit and let my audience know, you know, what it is, how it started, your guys' partnership in that, and um, uh, kind of what your goal is. Yeah, so I think, um, you know, we, we touched on some of this when we were on the podcast before. Um, you know, I, I grew up in Virginia um, hunting and fishing here and uh, I guess it's been, uh, it, I guess it was 2018. Uh, Mike and I got connected and you know, he threw out the invitation, you know, if, if you ever want to come hunt out West, let me know. And, um, you know, I, that's something I'd always wanted to do. I just wasn't sure, you know, how to get started or how to make that happen. And, um, you know, the first elk tag I had was for Montana in 2019 and came out and, you know, did a, a rifle hunt for, for about a week with Mike and, um, you know, he and I are, have, have always been into um, human performance and, and human optimization. We're both, um, you know, very passionate about, you know, health and, and performance, both physically, you know, cognitively, um, you know, the longevity aspect of this stuff. And, um, you know, as, as I was researching to come out West for my first hunt of that style, um, you know, I, I quickly kind of ran into some roadblocks around, you know, a lot of the recommendations for, you know, food and how to eat and, you know, most of the common things that, that were um, being talked about are things that, you know, I don't eat. And, um, you know, Mike and I are just, you know, throughout the, the week, um, you know, and in subsequent hunts, I've, you know, I've been to Montana four times now. I, I joke and tell him he can't get rid of me. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, just in, in all the hours that we've sent, 
spent sitting on the hill glassing and just, you know, talking and, um, you know, we, we both have kind of figured out ways to, you know, create our own, uh, you know, kit, if you will, for, you know, the foods that, that we eat on a normal basis, but how do we take those into the back country? I mean, there, there's obviously considerations of, you know, weight and size and, you know, just packability and, and can you do this in the back country? Um, you know, and so that was really kind of the genesis of, you know, fuel with pursuit. And, and, you know, we just, you know, it's, it's one of those, it's, I, I think it's like a, it's almost like a cliche story in the startup world of, you know, the thing that we wanted didn't exist. So, you know, we're making it. And how cool. And, and, and Mike, uh, we're from the, the, we both reside in Montana and, uh, we met in Ennis. I worked on your house. It's been about 10 years ago now, or maybe even 15 years kind of fly by. Uh, yeah, but I know you're, it. you're just one of the best guides on the Madison. And then you just live the ethos, you know, uh, hunting elk with your bow. I think that's maybe the first time I met you was, back on a backcountry trail and we were both bow hunting and um i think you were horseback and i was backpacking yeah. or something of that nature uh but i've known you for a long time and i have a ton of respect for you uh just in in your uh, woodsman skill and, and and also your knowledge and i know uh you've really changed around your nutrition uh and, and are seeing huge benefits from it like in the last 10 years or so would you say yeah, yeah, really about that. Um, yeah, th and thanks, Brian, and that, uh, that that respect goes both ways. Uh, I'll never forget meeting you on the trail there. I felt a little bad that I was sitting on a horse, and I think you and your dad were were hiking your butts off. So <laughs> it was, uh, I'll never forget that meet, meeting you the first time there. But um, yeah, yeah, you know, I I grew up in a hunting family um, originally from North Dakota, but I kind of grew up in Colorado and hunting elk with my dad and whatnot. You know, when I was a kid, and I've I've been up here in Montana um since the very early 90s and and yeah it's when i really kind of got into you know more archery hunting and yeah, I, I had some great mentors here uh in the madison valley and whatnot and and um you know been been spending i you know, spent a lot of time in the backcountry and chasing elk and you know like most people um kind of relied on my youth and you know kind of hard-headedness and just ate whatever and didn't really matter and treated myself how however and you know and as i kind of get a little bit older um you know those things aren't quite uh keeping me going like i'd like to be going in the mountains you know and so yeah i mean it's been yeah 10 years or so you know i my wife karen and i had a had a, a daughter um about 10 years ago um as well so we started a little bit later i'm I'm in my early 50s now, um, you know, and I kind of came to the realization that I really needed to do things a little bit differently, um, you know, from a health perspective, from a performance perspective. Um, and I'm the kind of person who when I set my mind to something, I, I tend to kind of go deep. So I really dove into, you know, some pretty serious nutrition science and performance science and all these different aspects. And like Ryan said, we sort of share those passions. I really really got into that pretty deep, um, you know, and I started, you know, doing some of the stuff for myself and really um, saw how impactful some of this stuff can be, you know, not just from 
uh, uh, in the moment per performance perspective, which they certainly are, but just over time, how, you know, making small changes, you know, whether it's in your diet or the way you work out or, you know, mindset or whatever, there, there's all these different facets to it. You know, you start making little changes and little tweaks here and there. And, you know, all of a sudden you find yourself, you know, at this point in my early fifties, I feel a lot better than I did in my 30s and probably even most of my 20s because I just wasn't treating myself very well. I think that's a pretty common story, you know. Um, you know, you drink a few beers and you eat crap and you it's just, but it's amazing the difference that makes. And, you know, at this point, I want to be able to, you know, my daughter's 10 and, and my, one of my main goals and my main driving forces behind what I do for myself is I want to be able to do this stuff with my daughter Lucy, you know, for, as long as possible into my 60s, 70s and 80s, I want to be going, you know, elk hunting with her and certainly with you and Ryan and everybody else, you know, and I want to be performing at my best for a long, long time. And so that's kind of, you know, it's, that's it, it's important to me. It's really connected to, to some pretty, you know, deep values there for me. Well, I have to say that um, your guys' partnership just works perfectly. You know, Ryan has this uh, a background in fitness and nutrition and owned his own gym. And Mike, you've, you, you've lived in, in Montana in, in, in elk hunt and fly fish, always outdoors. Um, so, so it's a perfect partnership as you guys have a lot of similarities, but also a lot of differences or bring uh, other things to the table as well. So I was so impressed with the course. So you talked about it a little bit, Mike, but uh, there's different facets of this course. And what I enjoyed so much was um, – you know, so much of this information, there's contradicting information out there about nutrition and about performance. And I just love walking through the course and and having this the scientific backing, uh, you know, the scientific evidence behind all your guys's thoughts and claims and theories on on nutrition um, on exercise. Um, and, and then my favorite portion of the course was mental toughness. And of course I just eat that stuff up. I love it. Anything with, uh, that has to do with the mental side of things. And you hear professional athletes talk and, and, and they'll say it's 90% mental. And, you know, I don't know what the exact percentages is, but so much of it is mental. There, there's not much that separates one man from another man, but what's in between his ears. And so uh, I've always believed that through my hunting career, through my work career and everything I've gone through that um, I, I just I'm really into building mental toughness. And I've done, you know, multiple podcasts on it, but it's one of those things that's really tough to put your thumb on. It's really tough to make like a uh, to make you know, a pathway or to say, this is how you gain mental toughness, or this is how uh, you improve your mental toughness. It's so tough to put your thumb on and, or, or kind of grasp, you know? And so I just thought your course did such a good job of how to get mental toughness. Um, you, you guys did a, a fantastic job on that portion of the course. I know for me, it's really cool to hear you say that, Brian, because, I mean, I love listening to your podcast. Um, you know, and I'm not saying that because we're talking to you. I, I genuinely do, and, and especially the solo episodes. And, you know, your passion for the backcountry comes through in those and, and you know, the, the passion for pushing your limits and challenging yourself. And I think that's what so many of us, it's one of the aspects that so many of us enjoy about these pursuits. 
um, you know, if it was easy, I don't know that we would all, you know, if you could just pull into the parking lot, shoot an elk and, you know, drive <laughs> home, like, I don't know that we would be spending as much time thinking about it and doing it as we do. Right. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's interesting, uh, you know, you're talking about, um, mental toughness is often, um, thought of as this, like, uh, intangible, uh, like esoteric mystical, mythical thing that, that we can't touch or, or, or train. And, um, you know, one of the things that, that I've realized over, you know, a decade or so of helping people with this is that, that that's not true. Um, it is, you know, high performance or, or mental toughness, um, is really just a series of micro decisions. And, um, you know, an example popped into my head as, as Mike was talking. And then again, as you were talking, you know, Mike was saying, um, you know, uh, about kind of series of choices, right. And, and, you know, when we look at you, uh, we'll use you as an example, Brian, and say, you know, everybody that listens to your show knows that you're out there getting your miles in. And if it snows, you're going to find a way to get it in, whether you're post holing or you're putting on your skis. Um, you know, if there's no snow on the ground and it's 20 below, you're out there running. Um, you know, you're shooting every day. You've talked about how you're, you know, you're finding a way of, you know, maybe you're standing close to a light outside after dark and, you know, that's the only way you can get your shots in for the day, but you're going to do it. And those are perfect examples of what I would consider or what I'm, what I mean when I say micro decisions. And so, None of those workouts or, or shooting sessions in isolation is going to make you who we know you to be today, right? But it's the consistency. It's the total body of work. It's, it's the fact that you've done that day in and day out, week in, week out, year in, year out for 10 years, for 20 years, however long it's been. And it's the same thing with, with food, um, you know, uh, and that's what popped into my head as Mike was talking, you know, if he chooses to eat a bagel one day instead of oats, and, and we can talk about some of this later if we want to go down the, the nutrition side of things. But, you know, it's, you know, he, he mentioned, you know, the, you know, in his 20s, maybe it was drinking a couple of beers and, and eating, you know, junk food. You know, yeah, maybe you could get away with that once or, or even if you did it now, you know, maybe it doesn't crush you in the, in the, in the immediate moment. But it's over time. It's the compounding effect of all of these things. And those are the decisions uh, that I'm talking about that, you know, when we make those decisions on a daily basis, um, when we, we make choices that are aligned with our goals and our values, not how we feel in any given moment, right? Like, sure, in any given moment, yeah, you might, you might prefer to have a beer or eat a pizza instead of, you know, uh, cooking something healthy or, um, you know, it'd be easy for you at the end of a long day, Brian, to just say, you know what, like, I just want to go inside. It was cold all day. I just want to get warm and get comfortable. I'm not going to shoot, you know, in the dark. Right. Um, but it's, it's making those choices, um, every single day. And, and the more we make those choices, the, the, I'm going to use a word that I hate, but, but it creates muscle memory. And I say, I hate that because muscles don't have the capacity for memory. It's actually neurological wiring. Um, things that fire together, wire together, uh, in the, um, so it's, it's a nervous system thing. So neurons that fire together, wire together. So, you know, when you're drawing your bow and you're doing that shot, when you're riding a bike, when you're shooting a free throw or, or a golf swing, it's not muscle memory, it's neurological wiring. And the same thing happens with the decision-making process. The more we choose the hard thing or the thing that we want most over the thing that we want right now, 
the more we build up that pattern uh, or that habit. And so it was really fun to break that down in the course and, and to, to share some of the little exercises that we do in the moment to kind of shift our perspective and, and be able to make those choices uh, that are aligned with our, our larger goals rather than, you know, how we might feel in any moment and also how that applies to a specific hunt. Wow, that's that's beautifully said, Ryan. Uh, you're exactly right. Those small decisions add up over time. And it's, you know, you use the example uh, of Mike having, uh, you know, a bagel instead of cooking something. But it, those nutritional decisions, it's not the one decision that gets you. It's it's decisions add up over time. And, and we're building, you know, we're building habits whether we want to or not, and, or whether those are good or bad habits. We're building them all the time. And so... You have to go about each day like uh, uh, to build the habits that you want to carry throughout life, whether that's nutritionally, whether that's exercise. Uh, and, and I know, you know, with food choices for me, like I can make some bad food choices if I let myself get hungry or if I don't plan ahead. Uh, if I show up at work and I, I didn't bring a lunch or, you know, I'm traveling and I, I didn't plan with food in my cooler – and I've gotten better at making better decisions at stopping at grocery stores and uh, really getting, uh, you know, real food, nutritional food. But um, I, I know for me, like I, you know, planning ahead is a big one for me as far as nutrition. And I, I love what you said too, Mike, when you were talking about getting away with things in your younger years. And uh, it, as we get older it seems like we have to work even harder to get that high performance. When when we're young, you know, we may not feel the best, but we can kind of push through it and rely upon our youth. I think you said that as well. But as we get older, we have to be intentional about our nutrition and intentional about our exercise and mental toughness and preparation because if you're not at your very best at 13,000 feet, like you're 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 not gonna succeed. You're you're gonna give in. You're gonna go home. You know. So like you have to prepare for these hardships that you're gonna face because these backcountry bow hunts or backcountry hunts in general. Uh, you know, I say it all the time that it's it's the most difficult challenge I've ever taken on, and that's what keeps me coming back. But it demands that you prepare for it 365 days a year, that you ready yourself, you ready your mind, and you ready your body. Uh, so, so when you go on on one of these grueling hunts, that you can continue to to push towards you know your end goal that you prepared all year for. Um, so, so yeah, I, I just think you guys make such good points there and, and I am totally on board as I get older. It's just, I have to take better <laughs> care of myself. You know, it's every day making those good decisions. And, um, yeah. And I, I, I love that, that, um, what you said, Ryan, about how those micro decisions add up and, um, you said it that your decisions have to align with your values and goals, not in the moment how you feel because your brain can almost play tricks on you. You know, you just think I'm hungry. I'm going to eat this real quick. And then, then I have to deal with that guilt for the rest of the day of making a bad decision and knowing I made a bad decision. Uh, so, so it's the stress of that on me as well, you know? Yeah. It creates a, a whole like vicious cycle and, and downward spiral. Um, you know, when you're, um, you know, maybe you get off track for one meal and, and then you're like, oh, well, you know what, uh, I'm off. So I'm just going to stay off for the rest of the day, um, you know, or, 
you know, like you said, there's the guilt. And then the next time that you're making the decision, it's filtered through, you know, the guilt and um, kind of the lowered self-esteem and, and those things that you're saying to yourself about, you know, the, the bad decision that you just made. And, you know, it's, it's the same thing as like if you're shooting and, and you make a bad shot, if you are beating yourself up for it, instead of focusing on the next shot, then your next shot's also not going to be great. Oh, you're right. Um, yeah, there's something in bow hunting. Like once you lose an arrow, uh, you know, you can learn from a bad shot and pay attention to what you did wrong, but you can't focus on that, that bad shot or otherwise it's going to happen on the next one. You've got to put that out yep. of your mind and then, you know, focus on your yep. next opportunity, your next shot of doing it the right way and think about that, you know, and think about your process and what you need to do right. Um, so you're right. It can be a, a, a bit of a vicious cycle, you know, if you do make bad decisions, but when all these decisions align and you're, you're prepared for these hunts and you're prepared to go all in, th there's no greater feeling, uh, to, to be able to give your all on these things and know that your body will stand up to it and your mind will stand up to it. And it's just like this almost, um, invincible feeling for me to disappear in the wilderness and just know that my body will produce for me that that i treated my body right all year long and that that my body is going to allow me to push you know day in day out for 10 days straight 12 days straight to put on this big elevation and big miles and then it's just keeping my head in the game and making good decisions from there but man there is no finer feeling than feeling good in the mountains right mike it's like a real difference between like uh uh uh, feeling like you're underwater or feeling like you can't handle the situation to feeling like you're attacking the mountains. Like that's a powerful feeling. It, it is. It is. Um, and there's so much involved in that. And, you know, as, as you guys are, are talking here, I kind of want to go back a little bit and, and make a distinction for your listeners that I think might be very helpful because I think a lot, well, I know, you know, probably all of your listeners and all of us, you know, would, would consider you, Brian, in particular, to be tough, right? To be like you, you know, we, there's a lot of guys, a lot of listeners who aspire to be like you, right? And so the, the difference is that, you know, as a listener, as someone who, who has those aspirations, um, we think we need to be that way to be like you, right? Instead of like, it, you know, we need to step back and we can't just step into your shoes and be that tough or that, you know, have that kind of motivation or, you know, want to go run, you know, a marathon at 10,000 feet or go, you know, run 10 miles in the snow or whatever, you know, but you didn't, people need to understand you didn't start that way either, right? You, you took your first step, you took your first run at some point in your life and, and you made those micro decisions along the way that got you to where you are now. You know, we, 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 we there's a difference between, you know, Oh, I see this guy and I consider him to be quote unquote tough or gritty or, you know, what the things I want to be, but how do I get there myself? And, and that's what, what we're talking about is, is there's actually, and this is, this is goes back to what Ryan said about, about, you know, mental toughness and, and these things being sort of this esoteric kind of, you know, woo woo thing. There's actually science around these. So psychologists actually study this stuff and we know the process and how it works now to get to that place right so because if we're if we're sitting here on our couch you know watching you know listening to your podcast or you know watching youtube or whatever it is and we see all these things that we aspire to do we want to go elk hunting we want to go spend time in the mountains we want to go do all this stuff and we're, we're sitting there on the couch and we go well 
I'm not that tough. Like, there's no way I could do that. But we need to under, it's really, really important to make that distinction between being tough and training yourself to become that way. Right. You don't necessarily need to be a certain way to, to, to take that first step. Right. And that's a really important distinction. And that's what we're trying to provide in this course is these steps that and, and you may you may not, you know, you may be able to run 10 miles in the snow or you may be able to, to, to you know, do some of these things that, you know, other people would consider tough. So you may not, you know, as, as someone taking this course, you might not have to start at the very beginning because you're already, you know, at a certain baseline. But, you know, what we try to put in this course is things where, you know, you can you can jump in wherever you are. And, and you're still going to find, you know, value in these things. So I think that's a really important distinction to make because I try to I try to put myself in in, in the shoes of a beginner, someone who's completely has never done any of this stuff before, really wants to go hunt elk, hunt mule deer, you know, do some of these things. And and how would I think and feel? And what would I, you know? And I look at someone, I look at someone like you, Brian, and go, man, how do this guy's just tough? Like I'm not that tough. How do I get there? You know? And and so that's a you know, that's a really kind of important, uh, uh, you know, way to think about it. Yeah, that's that's well explained, Mike. It's it it's adding layers upon layers of that toughness till eventually you get to where you're going. But you're right. You can't just snap your fingers and be tough. You can't just snap your fingers and and be mentally tough. You know, it's about um, working towards that end goal and keep adding layers and layers and layers. And and comparison is the thief of all happiness. Like you can't compare yeah. yourself, you know, to to me who who's been you know living my life 365 for the last 20 years of preparing for these hunts and putting in a lot of this work when nobody was watching, nobody was paying attention. There was nothing in the hunting industry about uh, fitness or running. Uh, uh, and there still isn't much about nutrition. Your guys' piece is great. You know, not much about mental toughness. But, you know, when you when you have passion for something and you love it and you see this bigger goal and it drives you, you just keep working towards that goal. And so, you know, nobody saw that that beginning of my journey, that first five years of missing big bulls and missing big bucks and uh, not preparing my body enough and getting up at 10,000 feet and chasing elk and giving myself exhaustion sickness or elevation sickness and falling asleep on a rock and, you know, having to be there for two hours. And, you know, I just bonked. I just, um, so I had to learn all these tough lessons. I, you know, I, I, I gave up early, you know, I'd go on a backcountry hunt and, and lay out this plan and, and go out there and maybe a big snowstorm would come in or, uh, or I just couldn't find critters or the hunting pressure was tough or whatever it is. And, and I would, I would throw in the towel and I'd go home early and I'd, I'd make it back to my comfortable truck and that heater, you know, from the backcountry. And at first it felt like relief, but then it's just like those, um, that guilt feeling again, Ryan, like, uh, that guilt feeling of yep. giving <laughs> in early, not giving it my all and, and scheduling these days off of work. And now all of a sudden I'm driving home and I'm sitting at home and I've got multiple days that I've, that I've given in early. I've thrown in the talent. So like I had to learn all these lessons. I had to put in all the work and, and now you know, it, it, it looks like I'm like I'm really tough or really successful in the bow hunting world, but it's been years working to this. Now I'm just seeing the payoff of, of all this hard work and dedication and, and putting that goal of being the best backcountry hunter that I can be 
you know, in the in the forefront, you know, in all my decision making, like that pays off in the end. But I, I just think it's such a great point that you make, Mike, that we're all in different places in this journey, but that course has value no matter where you're at in the journey. You know, it's like um I got great value let me, out let me, of that course. Let me just interrupt you for just a second, Brian, yeah. because I think what you just said there was such a great yep. illustration. So I'd like to ask you a question. So you're you're painting this picture of of you know years of suffering and not being you know in in the shape you needed to be in, and you know all these things and and, and the guilt and all this. So so what what was your why? Why did you keep going back? Why did you keep going and putting yourself in those situations? Because that's the key. That's the powerful thing that I think people, you know, would really benefit from understanding. Like what, what, what drove you to go back and suffer some more when it just wasn't, when it was so hard and you weren't being successful and you, and and you experienced a lot of pain and frustration and all that stuff. Well, I think the, um, you know, the, the good outweighs the bad. And I got so many benefits from going out and pushing myself and even giving in early those first five days that I gave, I come home and all I can think about is being back in the mountains. Like it, it's so difficult and challenging. And I, Ryan, you said it at the beginning of the podcast that, you know, the, the reason that we like it is because it is so challenging. And so like growing up being a wrestler and learning these life lessons that the harder I worked at something, the more I achieved, like I believed in this ethos. And so like I, um, you know, in backcountry bow hunting, I fell in love with it. I loved getting close. I, I loved trying to execute under an intense amount of stress and pressure. And, and then I, I seeing a little bit of success, like showed me the payoff and, and that payoff was, you know, this, this grit and determination and, and this this goal that I had set and I went out and I achieved it something that's really difficult and the the feelings of, of success the the you know how proud I am, am of myself to push through these challenges like that payoff um, you know started to be like like I love that feeling of that payoff you know of being able to accomplish my goals and challenging myself and so once I knew the payoff, I wanted to see more of that, and so I just continued to work towards that goal, but I, I just had a, a, a passion for it. I just wanted it. It was something – like I found my passion in life. I found my purpose. I found something that I that I truly enjoyed and that I truly loved, and it wasn't fun all the time, but that's like wrestling. Wrestling wasn't fun all the time. Mm-hmm. It wasn't fun to lose on the wrestling mat in front of my entire school. It wasn't, it wasn't fun to have my heart beat 200 beats a minute and, and feel like I'm going to die after I get done with a match. It, it wasn't fun to, to run stairs constantly. It, it wasn't fun to show up early to practice, to stay late, to wrestle freestyle, to wrestle Greco. Like, um, it's not fun all the time, but it's that type two fun that when I get home, it's all I can think about. And, and it's like having this, this yep. challenge or this mm-hmm. bigger purpose it is uh, just awesome. So like the more I saw, if I saw that success and knew what that payoff was, then I was willing to walk through broken glass to achieve it again, to feel that feeling again. And when you kill a big buck uh, or a big bull or whatever it is, like there's this there, – there's this um, – oh – like this, you know, people will tell you like, oh, you, you you got your big bowl now or, you know, boy, you better enjoy that one. You'll never shoot another one like that. <laughs> and and that was just like fuel for my fire. Like I kill a big buck and it felt so good. Like the entire year, I was so proud of myself at what I accomplished and what I did. And, and I love chasing them. You know, it's so thrilling. But um, 
you know, when 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 that happened, people will tell you that, oh, you you got your big bull. You'll never shoot another one like that. And it was like, oh, I I wouldn't bet against me. Like I'll put in the work to climb that mountain again. You know, and so yeah, like that. I'm not betting against you. Yeah, that. So so that's. Um, to answer your question, Mike, that that's kind of like how I found that found that fire, that passion. And the more I did it, the more I loved it. And the more I put into it, the more I prepared for it, uh, the more disciplined I was, the more I liked it. And the more I liked who I was becoming as well. Uh, these yeah. these yeah. values and, and and these lessons that I learned in the backcountry and these extremely tough environments when my life is in danger, um, like I'm I'm. Uh, I'm I'm being the person I want to be like I am um, you know I am tough I am this I am that and then I can carry those life lessons into you know my construction business and you know once you mm-hmm. once you've dealt with the hardships of a backcountry hunt a 10 days of a grinding hunt like pouring concrete's not that big a deal you know it's like mm-hmm. um, you know, dealing with problems in my life or problems that arise because life is full of problems it's just not that big a deal you know I've, I've I've seen worse, you know, I've seen a big deal and this isn't one. I'll, I'll deal with this. You know, my life's not, in da- I don't have a grizzly bear bearing down on me. You know, I'm fine. <laughs> I'm just going to deal with this. And so those life lessons continued on and, and really like I was growing into the man that I wanted to become. And so, you know, that just fueled me even more. You know, there was something that, that you said, Brian, Mike, it, it caught Mike's attention and, and, and it caught mine too. And it, it was when you were talking about, um, you know, the guilt and, and the maybe even shame or, or disappointment in giving up early, um, you know, and, and going back to, to a place where you're comfortable. Um, and, you know, we talked earlier about how psychologists have, have studied these things. And we know that most of the choices that we make are, going to go one of two ways. We're either seeking pleasure or we're avoiding pain. So you're going to either move towards pleasure or you're moving away from pain. And, you know, what Mike was asking you about was the moving towards pleasure side, right? And everything that you talked about there was, was that side of, of the equation. And, you know, it's funny, I was actually going to bring up the other side of the equation and it's the avoidance of pain. And so for all of us, and I think the reason I want to highlight this is I think it's, you know, as we talked earlier about in the course, we're, we're kind of sharing some of the strategies to develop mental toughness and, you know, things that you can use in the moment. Um, this is one of them. And it's, it's drawing on those feelings of guilt, shame, frustration, um, all those moments where, hey, I didn't show up as the man that I want to be. Um, I didn't do the thing that I didn't handle that situation the way that I wish I had. And, and when you can put yourself in that situation and you can feel in the pit of your stomach, how awful that made you feel, you know, there's, I can't tell you how many times I've done that in a training session or before a training session that I didn't want to do, right? Like we talked about, Hey, you know, you guys just had that polar vortex and I know you, and I know there are a couple other people out there that, you know, went and they got their runs in, even though it was, you know, below zero. Right. And it's, you know, when you're in your house and you're warm and you're comfortable and you're like, man, I don't really have to do this run today, but it's scheduled and I know I'm supposed to. And those are those, it goes back to those little decisions before, right? The more we do that, the more we step into and become that man for us or, or, woman, human, however you want to look at it. Um, but in those moments of, 
hey, I know how bad it feels. I know how bad I hate that feeling of quitting or giving up early or, or whatever those things are. Um, using that to help overcome, you know, that, that feeling is worse than the feeling of, like you said, pouring concrete or, you know, going for a workout or pushing over the next ridge or, you know, staying out in the cold. Yeah, that's that's really well explained. Yeah, that that's exactly right because we can all get motivated. We can all listen to a podcast or see a post or uh, watch a documentary or whatever it is. We can find motivation from that, and we can get out on that run, you know. Or we can all hunt hard for one day, you know, and give it our all. And hey, it didn't work out. And it it's easy to make excuses like the brain will just come up with excuses and it kind of protects our ego and so we can go you know no i'm not going on a run today it's 20 below you know i might hurt my lungs uh my dog's feet aren't doing that good uh, you know i'm just gonna call it in today nobody's really watching anyways and i ran yesterday so it's fine or you're the type of guy that goes no this is discipline like making myself do this today will pay off down the road it's not this one run that's going to help me it's not running out in the cold that's going to help me it's making myself do it it's it's lacing up my shoes yep. and going for it and that'll come into play late on a backcountry hunt when you don't mm -hmm. feel 100% when you are beat down and you're sleep deprived and you yep. you know you you're feeling it like like you've worked so hard all year long and you've practiced this discipline that that just carries over into the hunt. And then you just continue to hunt hard and know that you know that you can hold up and know that you can do it. So, um, yep. yeah. It's, well, and like a, you said, you, it you becomes who you are, right? It's yeah. not even like, it's, it's not even like, Hey, I have to pretend to be this, or I have to try to do this. You know, it's just when you make those decisions day in and day out, it becomes who you are. And that's what we're talking about here. And yeah, and psychologists would call that intrinsic versus extrinsic motivation, right? So it's really easy to get kind of uh, enamored with, you know, photos, social media posts, and oh man, these guys are killing these big bulls, and they're getting, you know, they're they're doing it in these beautiful places, and they're getting these great photos, and they're posting it, and they're getting all these likes. Well, that's that's you know extrinsic or external motivation, right? And that only goes so far. But when you connect these things, and and you said it perfectly, Brian, you're becoming the man you want to be. When you when you connect these things to becoming the person that you want to be, that's intrinsic motivation. That's internal motivation, and that will take you a lot farther than 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 those other things in the ex, you know the external motivations of I want to get the picture with the big bowl and I want to have all the accolades of doing these. You know, those, those will take, those will, I'm not, I'm not arguing that those aren't going to, you know, be motivating, but those aren't going to take you very far. Th those are the kind of motivation that when you get, you know, on day five and you haven't seen anything and you're, you're climbing the next mountain, that's, that's when you turn around and quit. But, but if you connect that difficulty and those things to becoming the person you want to become and doing these hard things because you love it, because, because you, you love the experience, that kind of motivation is completely different and that will take you a lot farther. Yeah, good point, Mike. You have to enjoy the process of getting there. Uh, it's not just like like killing a big bull and having a a, a photo and sharing it, or what. That's that's not the um, that's not the end goal. Like you have to enjoy the process along the way. You have to enjoy every facet of it. You have to enjoy like having this time to go chase elk and. You know, if it happens, it happens, but you, you, you enjoy the training leading up, you enjoy the hunt, you enjoy uh, putting yourself outside your comfort level, you, you enjoy the thrill of getting close, and 
you know, and you have to have a, a lot of these close encounters or experiences before it ever comes together. So if you're only looking at the success or you're only enjoying it when you're successful, it, you're not going to do very good, you know, in the sport of, of backcountry hunting. You know, you you have to you have to enjoy it and want to be there and enjoy the entire process and embrace the entire process. And, you know, I, I'll hear people talk that, oh, I'm not a runner. Oh, I hate running or um, hate working out or but it, it's like like you you can be anybody you want to be. It's just making those decisions day in day out, and pretty soon you're a runner or you know you're a backcountry hunter. You know you just have to make those decisions, and it you know at at first maybe it isn't you, but eventually that's who you'll become because you're doing it day in day out, and you're building those positive habits towards an end goal or towards you know something that you're working towards so yeah i think that's a great point it's in, it's enjoying the entire process like you have to enjoy the hunt and enjoy the challenge and and also you know when you're a backcountry hunter you're gonna fail you know and and you have to be okay with that and you have to like one of the biggest challenges on these hunts is like picking yourself up after a failure or after a close call you know you've worked five six seven days to get this stock on this buck and then you've stocked in and you got your opportunity and and you blew it. You shot right under him. You didn't get a good range. Maybe you didn't execute a good shot. You know, right there in that moment, you are as low as it comes, at least for me. Like I, I just yeah. feel yeah. so low that I miss my opportunity because I, I pride myself on being clutch and work on it all year long. And then here I had this opportunity and I duffed it. But I have two decisions. It's like mm -hmm. I, I can either learn from this, I can get better, and I can chase redemption – or I can fold up and I can go home and call this a failure and make an excuse for the hunt and uh, the buck jump my string or, you know, whatever the case yeah. is. But these these low points, like those are the tough points to dig yourself out. And you're going to have multiple low points throughout your hunting career, throughout the season, throughout each hunt. You're going to go through low points of these hunts. And it's being able to to pick yourself back up and go, nope, I'm, I'm going to keep putting forth effort. I know I can accomplish this. I've worked too hard to give in right now. But you feel like when you get this opportunity at this big buck or this big bull, I've worked for so many days, like I can't create that again. Like that was my opportunity for the hunt, and I didn't seize that moment. But the truth is, is you can create it again. You can create, you know, you can you can create that opportunity again. You can find that redemption. It's just a matter of picking yourself up and continuing forward. Yeah, you're never out of it until you say you quit and, and go home. Right. I mean, you can just keep creating uh, those opportunities and, and something else you said, Brian, about, you know, uh, you know, maybe somebody believes like, hey, I'm not a runner or, you know, I can't do whatever. And I mean, I'll use myself as an example there. And, and I think we, we joked about this the last time we were on the, the podcast with you. I mean, prior to my first hunt, you know, with Mike, I, I was the guy that said, you know, anything over eight reps is cardio. You know, I was, you know, a strength guy, you know, jokingly called myself a meathead. And, you know, I didn't do any endurance work. I didn't do any aerobic stuff. I, I had no aerobic base. And that cost me, you know, it, it, it was, it impacted my first hunt out there. And, and it's another one of the reasons that this has become such a, a passion project for me is that, you know, I've realized, <clears throat> just like we've been talking about today, how much of a difference it makes when you can push your body and, and you can cover those miles and, and gain and lose elevation, you know, at elevation 
every single day, day in, day out. And, you know, I think we talked about this last time. I mean, the difference for me from, you know, the fall of 2019 to, you know, even our, our bear hunt in 2020, I mean, just a few months difference is night and day. And, you know, I, I was, I mean, like I said, I wasn't running at all in 2019. And now, you know, I'm running multiple times a week and, you know, it's nothing for me to go out and run, you know, six, eight, 10 miles at a time. And that's, you know, everything that we've been talking about, right? Like you start where you are. I didn't just go, you know, uh, January of 2020 and just start running 10 miles at a time. You know, it was a 20 minute run, 30 minute runs, and you're slowly building up. And we have that built into the course that all the progressions are there. And it's like we said earlier, like we're not, this isn't about, Hey, you have to become Brian Barney. This is wherever you are, it's making you better. And it's working you through these progressions, um, you know, and, and helping you again, another kind of common theme that we've kind of said a few times here is, you know, I was looking at this and saying, who do I have to become in order to be better when I'm out there? And, you know, I knew that the answer was, you know, hey, I've got to become a person that has this aerobic foundation. I have to be able to cover ground and not fatigue. Um, and that meant, you know, you, you kind of start with where you want to end up. And that informs how you need to be training and preparing for that. And so, you know, that's one of the other parts of this project that we're really excited about. I love that uh, evolution of a human being. You have to you have to keep evolving and you have to go back to the drawing mm -hmm. board just as you did. Like you showed up thinking you were in great shape, super strong. And then, you know, the mountains humbled you a bit and you went back and you changed your training up. And then, you know, it, it's it's like you've evolved over the years to become a better hunter. And the same thing with Mike. Mike has such a great approach to fly fishing. He's a student of the game. Mike, you've been fly fishing for so long and guiding for so long that one could say, oh, you know enough. You know enough to get it done day in, day out. But you're constantly learning. You're constantly evolving your knowledge. And so like it, it, it's about evolving your knowledge. It's about evolving your, your human performance, your body. It's about evolving that mental strength to build that toughness. And you just keep sticking layers on it. And those layers, you know, they may be small at first, day in, day out, but eventually they start to add up into where you want to get and where you want to go. And, and then once you get there and you find a little success, it's not resting on your laurels. It's continuing to go back to what made you successful, and that's to continue to evolve, continue to get better, because the minute – you're satisfied or you're happy or feel like you can take it easy or, you know, I killed a big bull this year. I'll, I'll kill one next year. Like, like that's, that's when you fail those animals. They don't, they don't know the, the work that I put in or the training that I put in. All they know is their instincts and their instincts are trying to, to try to keep alive day in, day out. And, and to beat those instincts, you have to be at your absolute very best and, and train, you know, for that moment and, and for that encounter, and, and I just think um, – I just really like what you said, like uh, uh, just uh, adding those layers and, and evolving. Uh, and sometimes it's like you go on one of these hunts and it doesn't work out or you don't feel great. That's when you go back to the drawing board and go, how can I improve this? How can I be better in those moments? Or, hey, I, I, I didn't create an encounter. What's the reasons why? And really being honest with yourself at how you can improve yourself, like looking at your – um, you know, all these facets that go into backcountry hunting and, 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 
and and what's my weakest link and how can I improve that weakest link, whether it's fitness, whether it's nutrition, whether it's mental toughness or all of the above, but just going back to the drawing board and resetting like you did, Ryan. So like I want to give our audience some some tangible things to take away from this. So like um, that. You know, what did you do to prepare your body? Like, what did you change? You talked about going from weight training to doing more cardio work. Like, how can a guy train from, you know, the the East Coast to come out here out West and to feel good and to be able to push and be able to find success? Yeah, that's a, a really great question. And I, I think there's, when I think about, for me, there were three things that, became a massive consideration um, last year. And the first one I already kind of mentioned, and that was building the aerobic base. Um, And that has to, if you are a Western hunter, that is the foundation of your pyramid. Um, And so in the strength and conditioning world, we kind of have this, uh, this pyramid of performance and the bottom is what we would call GPP general physical preparedness. And then the middle layer um, is specific, and then the the top would be uh, tactical uh, or technical um, performance. And so, um, you know, as we move briefly to just kind of explain those layers, the the middle layer of uh, specific might be getting used to a pack, a weighted pack on your back, right? And and some of the technical at the very top layer might be, you know, can you uh, execute, you know, with a bow, uh, you know, in, uh, you know, a steep angled shot, maybe a little bit of wind and your heart rate's elevated, right? Like that's, that's definitely a component to your preparedness for this. Um, but the, the, the thing that I lacked the most on that first trip was the, the foundation layer. Um, and if that's not there, it doesn't matter how great of a shot I am. You know, if I could, you know, let's say I go to a tack event and I win it, but I'm, you know, driving from one sh- one shot to the next on a golf cart, right? And then I go out on a hunt and I can't get to where the animals are. It doesn't matter how good I am on the bow. Um, so the the aerobic base was the first part. The second thing that was a big consideration was elevation gain and loss. Um, you know, I, I do, we, we're lucky where we are. We live very close to the Appalachian Trail. It's you know, a 15, 20 minute drive. So I have some elevation, but it is nothing like what it is out West. Um, you know, so, so that was a big consideration. And then the other one is, is the elevation. Uh, we live at like 600 to a thousand feet, depending on where you are in our County. And, um, you know, obviously whether you're, I mean, where you guys are, your base elevation is like 4,500, something like that. And, you know, you may get up to 10 or 12, uh, you know, if you're in Colorado, it's, it's going to be higher. Um, so, you know, dealing with less oxygen in the air, um, you know, that's, that's a big consideration. So, um, for me, uh, I went from, you know, doing weights four or five times a week and my, you know, air quotes cardio at that time was maybe something like a, it would have been like a Metcon or or a work capacity type thing that was 15, 20 minutes, maybe. Uh, maybe doing that once or twice a week. And, and, you know, for a health and a longevity standpoint, that was fine. But as I said earlier, my reason for training was now changing. So I needed to look at, okay, what is the purpose of my training? What is it, what, what's, uh, adaptations am I trying to create, um, you know, through this training? And so that then informs how I approach each session. 
And so laying them out uh, over a week and then again, having those progressions, you know, from, from month to month, and then um, even on an annual training cycle, breaking it into blocks. And so, you know, if you look at, uh, okay, the elk hunt is in September. So my annual training cycle might go from December to August. Um, and in the beginning of that training cycle, I'm really focusing on building the aerobic base. And then as we get into like early spring, it might be a hybrid because maybe I'm going on a bear hunt and I'm going to do, you know, a lot of, uh, it'll be still quite a bit of aerobic and foundation building, but I'll also start to do a little bit more specific type things so that on the bear hunt, I'm prepared. And then as we get into the summer, it becomes a lot more of the specific type stuff, definitely a lot more loaded pack stuff. Um, whereas, you know, maybe in December or January, I can give my joints a break and I don't necessarily have to be doing, say, step ups with a weighted pack. I can do things that are a little bit more general, like being on a rowing machine where I'm still building an aerobic base, but it doesn't have the carryover or the transfer to the mountains. And so I think that's another important point. Just because you're doing cardio, especially on a machine, doesn't mean that it has transfer to moving up and down elevation on uneven terrain in the mountains with a loaded pack, right? That's the most specific way that you could train for the mountains. But if you're on a stationary bike for hours at a time, yes, you could argue that that simulates, you know, it's, it's a constant concentric motion, right? The, you're constantly pedaling, so you have tension on your quads. You could argue that that simulates a climb, but you're not supporting your own body weight. You're not getting used to moving your body and your weight through space. So the carryover there isn't as great. And so those are some of the differences in, like, say, an off-season where it's very general, where, okay, we might do more on the rower, we might do more on um, a, a stationary bike, but as we get more specific and closer to the event, it's going to be, um, you know, less of that and more of weighted packs. You'll find the steepest, nastiest, gnarliest, why the heck would somebody hike that <laughs> and hike it and just go up and down it, right? Um, you know, I've got a, a, a water pump cover that I bought on Amazon, um, and I think we talked about this last time I do step ups on it and I wear, you know, um, uh, I wear my hunting pack. I put a 50 pound sandbag in it. Um, and I'm doing step ups and, you know, over the course of the year, I've progressed to, to, you know, that workout is on Saturday mornings and I'm doing step ups for an hour at a time and it sucks. It, it's not the physical side of it. It's the mental side of it. Um, you know, to be in my basement, we talked about this last time, you know, I'm in my basement and I'm literally standing in place doing step ups for an hour at a time, um, just getting used to going up and down and up and down. Um, you know, and that's another aspect of like, you could go to the gym and you could do a Stairmaster, but you're only getting the up, you're not getting the down. So, you know, when you come downhill, you know, that feels very different on your legs than it does when you go uphill. Um, so, so the step up every time you step, you also have to come back down. So you're getting that eccentric. Um, so I know that was a kind of a long answer. I, I hope I covered um, some, some takeaways for the listeners, but oh, all of that, that is, is in the program and, and even more. That was perfect, Ryan. I asked a real general question and you went in depth to, to really explain it well to the audience. So uh, boy, your background just gave you such a great, 
knowledge base to make your training intentional. And, and you're right, you do describe this in the course in a way that I can digest it and see it. Um, you know, the way you talk about uh, uh, training and, and physical fitness in the course, but that was a great explanation. And and I think too that that we're all individuals and and we all have strengths and weaknesses, and we have to build our training to that. And um, it's really easy to do the things we enjoy. And so over the years, I've you know really enjoyed running and fell in love. And it, it's great for me. It builds that cardio base. But in the same breath, I still need to get that pack work. You know, I need to get the, the weighted pack on my back. And, and for me, you know, I'm a smaller frame guy. So my weakness, you know, is is my strength. The thing that I need to make sure that I'm doing uh, week in and week out is, is working on, on, on my back. You know, making sure that I'm I'm not going to slip my back during a hunt because that can ruin my hunt. I could be down for a week. So for me, the running part is easy. That cardio base is easy because I've been doing it for so long. So for me, like a discipline, you know, my program may be different than your program. You know, we're, we're just two different people with two different builds. And so for me, like I've got to make sure, you know, I get in that that weight training and then you know a big one for me too is is flexibility you know at at night instead of mm -hmm. sitting watching the tv like i'm i'm on the floor and i'm doing a half hour worth of uh, a man stretch as i call it not yoga but uh, <laughs> uh so i do my man stretches at night so like like my training or the thing that's difficult for me is to get in my weight training and to get in my stretching. Like those are the things that I need to make sure that I'm doing because that's my weak point. So uh, I thought you explained yeah. it really well. Uh, Mike, uh, how big of a difference was it uh, from Ryan coming over the first trip to when he put his training intentionally for training for the mountains and he evolved it from being out here and knowing what he had to get good at? <laughs> you know i i mean ryan ryan said it it, it it was night and day you know and i mean it's 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 really interesting i mean i i grew up in the mountains right i grew up in you know in colorado and lived in montana for almost 30 years and you know i, I this is where i spend all my time and i'm i'm up in the mountains a lot and i'm done doing these things so you know it's something that i don't even really kind of think about uh, uh, you know every day i mean i you know do you know do the, the workouts that i do and i'm I don't even have to really think about it. i'm doing it at altitude so you know my body is is has adapted it's had this time you know like like you brian it's it's had you know i've had the time to have those adaptations sort of have happen, you know, at, at a slow progression. And, you know, I, I went from, you know, it went from like, wow, you know, it was, it was obvious that Ryan hadn't, you know, gone through those. I mean, he hadn't spent time at altitude and, you know, hadn't done these things till, you know, like all of a sudden, you know, I don't have to wait for him. I don't have to, you know, he, he, he really, I mean, the difference was huge. And it really, I mean, like you said, it didn't take that long. It was a few months of, you know, putting himself and, and I think it was good I think it was maybe even, you know, mandatory that he kind of came out here and was able to see exactly because, you know, you can, you know, you can, you know, sit on, on the coast and kind of, you know, sort of try to visualize what, what it's going to be like, but it's really tough, you know, until you get out here, you know, the, the scale of things is, is so different and even so different than what, you, what comes across in pictures and videos and whatnot, you know, the, the, I mean, you look at a mountain range and you go, you know, from 20 miles away or whatever, or from a picture and you go, wow, that's, you know, that, I'm sure that's pretty tough. And then you get here and you stand at the bottom of one of these things and you go, and you look up and you go, oh man, 
<laughs> that's a whole different perspective, you know, and and so I think just him coming out here the first time and seeing, you know, what it, what it really was like in the scale of things and all that, that I think informed a lot of of what he did in his training. And, you know, that's that's, you know, one of the things that I want to point out to who about the course is that, you know, if if you as a user decided to, to, to do this course and do everything exactly like we told, we, we lay out in the course, you know, you're, you're going to get great benefit, you know, really sort of where, whatever your baseline is now, you're going to get great benefit. But, but from my perspective, what, what it really takes is a, a little personal responsibility to go, okay, where am I at right now? And, and where do I want to be? And what parts and pieces of this course or whatever else I do, can I actually take and customize for myself to get to where I want to be, right? Because, because you know, the three of us sitting here, we're, we're, we have different baselines, right? I mean, we're, we're, we do things differently. Our, you know, physiologically, our bodies are different. You know, we're just, we're just different humans. And so, you know, we don't, we're not going to do exactly the same things to get to where we, we, we may all have similar goals or, or the same goals, but we're not. We're, we're probably not going to do exactly the same things to get to those places, right? And so if you can look at this course as a set of tools that is laid out in front of you, you get to pick and choose which one of these things. And not only that, but you get to modify these things to, you know, what may work best for you. Because ultimately, you know, you put yourself in a situation where you're in, the, you know, you're climbing up mountains and it's not, I mean, yeah, you know, step ups are great, but stepping up onto, uh, you know, a box or, or, you know, whatever stairs or whatever, you know, that's great. And that's going to get you, you know, that's going to add to your base, but it is very different from hiking up a mountain where you're, where you're stepping on rocks, where you're stepping over logs, where you're, you know, you're balancing, you're doing all these different things with all these different muscles. And so if you can sort of visualize that process and, you know, replicate that as close as possible, you know, to, to those, you know, if you've got mountains, great. If you've got a hill, great. If you've got, you know, do some things, you know, to, to modify and to, and to sort of customize these things for yourself, you know, with the understanding that, 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 you know, you, these are the things you're going to actually be doing when you're at, when you're out hiking, you know, doing, you know, so you're, 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 you know, hiking through deadfall with a 60 pound pack on your back. That's, that's a very different thing than, than going to do a Stairmaster at a gym. Right. So that's the kind of thing we, we, you know, we're giving a set of tools, but, but, and I think it, it's so much of human nature to want to go, okay, just tell me what to do and I'll do it. And I, you know, that's great. And you can do, you can take the course like this, but I think the real power lies in, in a little self-responsibility and, and, you know, modifying these things to, to fit your personal goals and where you're coming from at the moment. Yeah, well said, Mike. It yep. is, um, it's a blueprint, and that's what I got from it. It's, I, I got multiple takeaways, and what I really learned is, you know, I, I do a lot of the right things, but, but this brought it to the forefront of my mind. Like, I could read through the process and go, oh, oh, I do that. Oh, I need to do more of that. Like, oh, that's why that happens, or that's why that, like, the, the, the scientific evidence behind uh, the course is just great to make. So it, it helped me understand the process more. And, and whether that process was mental toughness, 
uh, you know, and I, you know, I had to take a hard look at myself too when I read through the n- nutrition portion, you know, because all the evidence is there and it's giving you the the right tools uh, to to be successful and make those good choices. And so, yeah, I mean, I had to take a look at my own ego and take down some notes and some takeaways. And I I love the the training section as well. Like we were just talking about Ryan and his intentional training and going back and then evolving himself and his body to be ready for those mountains and. I thought you did a great job of laying that out. And so uh, you talk in there about, you know, making your your training tougher than the endeavor you're training for, you know, tougher than the mountains. Now it's tough to replicate 10 days of 12 hours of hiking or whatever, but you can put this stress on your body in a low amount of time. It's one of the reasons I love trail running. You know, it's like uh, uh, my run last night was, was seven miles and, you know, 1,200 feet of vertical gain and lost. Like, um, you know, and I ran it at a good pace. Like I put this exertion on my body. I put this uh, this heavy exertion on in a in a short amount of time because I push that pace, you know. And I, I have this saying that stayed with me throughout life that I try to live by, and it's um, cry in training, laugh in battle, you know. You, you put in the work. Yeah. And then you yeah. get to reap the rewards come season or come the endeavor you're training for. And that's always been the story for yep. me is I I put way more work into my training and preparing for these hunts and readying myself. And then I'm, you know, I'm like a caged lion when I get out there, you know, it's like I, I'm let loose in the in the wild to go hunt and to go try to track down these critters and put forth full effort and try to come out on top on top and and I love the journey so much, and I I think that's why I've been successful at it. Is I I just embrace that that journey. But you're right, Mike. There's there's so many takeaways from this thing, um, and, and you can craft your own training for you, the individual, and where you live, yeah. and and where your baseline is at, and then be able to to plug these in, and it it just gives you the information to better yourself. And um, so so I had I had takeaways in every facet of the course in the nutritional and the mental toughness was great. It's one of the best pieces I've ever read on mental toughness. Um, and, and then also on the training and intentional training. And, and it just helped me understand the process better. And when I understand it better, like I can be more intentional with my own training and my own, you know, sharpening of my own skills. So yeah, I think that is the biggest takeaway. I think you're spot on. Well, and, and Brian, it's perfect that you kind of highlighted those things right there. I mean, as Mike was talking, I was going to add exactly what you added. And, and you know, you're talking about finding ways to make training more difficult. And, you know, like Mike said, I mean, yeah, I, I'm I'm doing step ups on a box because I live where I live. If I lived where you guys are. I'd be over there hiking the hourglass every single day, or I'd be, maybe I would do the hourglass once. And then the next time I'd go find, you know, nothing but deadfall. Right. And one of my favorite runs, by the the way, Ryan is the hourglass. I love that thing. Oh, I I would like to see your trail that you're running on that. I'll have to do it one day. Um, But uh, that's like, that's my, um, like that, that was, that's my, that's the thing I envisioned. Like, you know, when we talked about like you envisioning like guilt or, or failure and like using that to motivate you, like that's, that's mine. I just, I remember what it felt like to feel like I wasn't going to get up the hourglass and, and I'm vowing that that will never happen again. Um, uh, but anyway, um, you know, if, if, 
you know, we always talk about like in, in hunting, like, Hey, you got to get off the trail, right? Like the animals aren't going to be on the trail. Right. And so, you know, if you're hiking with a weighted pack, maybe get off the trail and get used to hiking through deadfall. And you climb deadfall is on a hunt. You're probably not as prepared for that hunt as you could be. Right. Um, or, you know, for me, like when I do some of my runs as I'm training, I could do a road run here at my house. And like, let's say I've got an hour and a half where I can get a workout in. If I do it at my house, I could probably run for the full 90 minutes by doing it here at the house and I could get in more miles or I could drive 15 minutes each way and have an hour to run. But that puts me at a state park where I can get six miles and a thousand feet of gain and loss on a trail. And so, you know, like you're saying, and this is what we're talking about is, you know, is it, is it better for me to do road miles or is it better for me to be on a trail, you know, with rocks and sticks and things that trip me? And I mean, that happened to me last year on a run. I sent Mike a picture. <laughs> I, I ate it. I tripped over a root and just face planted right, right on the trail. Um, but you know, the, it's, it, you have to get out there and you have to replicate, um, you know, the, the, the game situation or, or, you know, game speed, you know, the things that you're going to face in the actual performance. Um, you know, like you said, Brian, if, if it's harder in training, then you'll be very well prepared for it when you see it, uh, when it comes time to perform. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's so spot on. Um, well, yeah, it's a uh, uh, that course is great, you guys. Um, just to 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 pour all your knowledge in that and your background in it, it's really laid out well. It reads well. I I started on it and then I couldn't stop. I had to finish it. You know, it's like a <laughs> uh, you know, and it took me a couple days to work my way through it. Um, but yeah, I got a lot of value out of the course and tons of great takeaways. And so, you know, it's really going to help me in in my training for this next season for sure. Um, so yeah, you guys did a great job putting it together. Uh, I really enjoy having you guys on the podcast. Gosh, we just get, uh, talking and, and, um, it, it seems like everything you guys say really resonates with me and, and, um, you know, the, 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 the values that I appreciate and the, the, um, just, just the tenacity and drive and passion. Like, uh, you guys just speak my language. Um, so, so where can guys find this course at? So we're, we're 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 fully legit now. We've got a we've got a website, uh, fuelthepursuit.com, um, and you know we've got the course live up there. Uh, they can also email us for more information uh, at uh, fuelthepursuit at gmail.com. We're both available there, so um, that's the easiest thing. And you know uh, our Instagram too, fuelthepursuit uh, underscore. Um, and yeah, I mean we're we're posting on there and you know on there all the time. So yeah, I feel like we could. Uh, we could do three or four more of these and still have stuff to talk about. So um, I just I wanted to give one as you guys were talking. I don't want to go too too long here, but no, I just wanted to ahead, give one, one more one more little tip as we as we go here about training. And I'm I'm listening to you guys talk about you know trail runs and whatnot. You know, and uh, we're we're all about efficiency too, right? Like as as much of the stuff as you can stack, uh, you know, and and train different things at different times. So you know, one one little thing when you're doing when you're doing trail runs or hikes or weighted weighted you know hikes or whatever, um, one of the things that you can do to sort of add on to that is every once in a while stop and take some deep breaths and see how long it takes you to bring your heart rate back down to baseline. 
Okay, so so you can you can actually pretend that you're hiking up a mountain and you all of a sudden come, you know, you're there, there's a there's a there's a bull there, right? Or you're 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 doing your thing, you're hiking through the mountains and you're and, and you know your heart rate's up and all of a sudden you're you're in a situation where you need to pull off a shot in the next couple minutes. All right, you, you've got you've got a you've got a situation where you've got an animal there and and so repl- replicate that, right? So you know get your heart rate up and then practice that practice that situation of you know doing some deep breathing getting your getting yourself under control getting your breath under control getting your heart rate under control things like that will really again pay them i mean put yourself in the situation right put yourself in, in as realistic a situation as you possibly can and incorporate those kind of things in into your training as well Oh, I didn't even get into the breath work. You guys are so knowledgeable about the breath work. And this is something that I need to improve on and work on as well. Uh, so, right. you, so go let, ahead. Let me, we'll, we'll give you like a real quick, like there, there's some, there's some really cool strategies in the course that, that we share with people. Um, and, and this came up when you were talking about me specifically or anybody East coast training to go out West um, you know, there's some, some stuff in there to, uh, simulate breathing at altitude, um, or, or breathwork protocols that simulate being at altitude. So you get used to, uh, less oxygen and you can improve your CO2 threshold. Um, but just basics, because I actually heard somebody else talking about this the other day, they were saying that their cardio, uh, they feel like cardio is the weakest part of their game. And they were talking about, you know, they just don't feel like they have the lungs. And that's another really common um, kind of misconception, a lot like what we were saying earlier with muscle memory, right? Um, it's one of those things that you hear people say, and it almost becomes accepted because everybody says it. But the, the way that we want to breathe is not into our lungs. We want to breathe into our belly, your diaphragm. Um, so just a simple breathing practice is, you know, look in the mirror and take breaths and try not to have your shoulders or your chest rise. You should actually see your belly button and kind of your core in that 360 degree. You want to fill that up, you know, front sides and back Um, and and working on breathing in and out through your nose, um, getting that air into your diaphragm. Um, We get more nitric oxide, which improves um, blood flow and, uh, vasodilation. So, you know, if your blood vessels are more dilated, then you get more oxygen uh, more easily for the body. Um, and all of these things, even at baseline or with default breathing, will improve our health, improve our focus, our attention, uh, attention, all these things. But then you go out and you try to perform, especially at altitude, when you have less oxygen. If you learn how to deliver, you, you create a system in your body delivering oxygen better and more efficiently, you're less impacted by lower oxygen in the environment. Um, and, and so you're better able to handle altitude. And so, yeah, we could, we could talk breath forever, but I know we're kind of <laughs> running short on time. So we'll leave it there. Oh, that's all right. That is so interesting. That breath work is so important. It's something I need to need to work on more. And, and it's actually I gave my buddy Dan, my good buddy Dan, a tip about um, deep breaths, like when he's on the stock or when he has those those um, the, those moments when you get that intense rush of adrenaline and being able to calm yourself down. And it's really helped him in being able to execute his shots. It's just like that that deep breathe in for six seconds and deep breathe out for six seconds. It really helps calm him down. Uh, that's so important, and it's one of the things that's not talked about enough. And uh, now there's, there's so much um, – 
great literature out there about breath work and the benefits of it. Um, and, and your guys's course talks about it as well. The other thing that I had, and real quick, you guys, I know I'm holding you along here, but uh, the <laughs> other thing that that goes along with all this nutrition and all this uh, uh, training and preparing yourself that that also isn't talked about much is sleep. Uh, so maybe go into some of the sleep, like the, the quality versus quantity. I, I think it's so important, and, and I'm really fortunate that I sleep really hard, and so it, it doesn't take me as many hours to recover because I get that quality sleep. But I, I just thought that was so interesting. Maybe you can just touch on that just for a minute here. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, that's that's a great point, uh, Brian. You know, it, it's really what you said there. It, it's really uh, more about quality of sleep than quantity. And and everybody wants to get their their seven or eight hours, you know. And you know, I think that's that's good. But but what what we don't understand is most people don't understand is that that things happen during the different phases of, of sleep, right? And we won't get too deep into this for time's sake. But you know, everybody knows we, we have different phases of sleep: deep sleep and REM sleep, and 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 different different things happen during those different phases of sleep, you know, that with recovery, with respect to recovery um, and sort of rebuilding. And, you know, we're flushing out some of the things, uh, the, some of the, the byproducts of, of uh, metabolism that, that build up in our systems during the day and things like that. So really, um, to kind of keep it simple here, we're, to pay attention to, to sleep quality is really um, as or more important than, than the quantity of sleep than the time you spend to sleep. Right. And and really some simple things you can do about that. I think most people kind of understand um, at this point that uh, looking at screens and light really affect our sleep at night. So, you know, a couple of things we call it sleep hygiene, right, and really allowing your body to do what it needs to do. And, and, and get these different phases of sleep. We're looking at, at different things we do during the day, you know, or as we're approaching the time to sleep that, that are going to allow our bodies to do these things. And, you know, uh, really, I think one of the most powerful things that we can do is, is kind of, you know, minimize our screen time uh, leading up to sleep, right? Because, you know, without, again, going too deep into it, the, the blue light from screens uh, kind of suppresses our own internal melatonin production. We produce melatonin in our pineal gland. And that's one of the things that kind of it's, it's part of our natural rhythms, you know, uh, based on daylight um, that we, you know, we during the latter part of the day, melatonin starts to build up and we get sleepy and um, so minimizing screen time um, is, is really almost mandatory. I mean, I, I'm, I try to be off of screens at least an hour, if not two hours before I go to bed. Um, I don't eat or work out within about two hours or more of, of, of going to going to sleep. Um, my room, our, our room is is as dark as possible. We've got blackout shades and blackout curtains. I mean, I'm talking dark that you can't see your hand, you know, four inches in front of your face. If you put it up there, that kind of dark. Um you know, having your room cool. Um, I know we're uh, we're all married, so our, our wives may debate us about this, but um, we try to turn the thermostat down to you know under 60 at night, so the room cools off. You know, at night, and and things like that can really impact the quality of your sleep. I mean, you don't really know, right, unless you track this stuff, how, you know, you, you know, okay, I, I went to sleep at about this time and I woke up at about this time. We have no idea what happened in between. So if we do some of these things, we can really impact what happens during that important time of sleep. Man, um, yeah, it's not talked about enough, but that recovery, that sleep is so important for human health. 
And so you can do all the training and all the nutritional work, but if you're only getting five hours of sleep a night, you're just not doing your body justice and your your uh, acuity, your your uh, the way your brain fires. It just doesn't fire right unless you get that sleep. And so you're right, Mike. It's making those those good habits while we're at home and while we're training to recover. Um, and I used to have some bad habits where I'd I'd stay up late because, you know, the next day of work, I've got a long day of construction and like right now is my time. And I'd feel like in that evening is my mm. time. And also when you have young kids, they go to sleep around eight o'clock. And so you've got, you know, some peace and quiet uh, into the, the later hours of the night. But I was staying up way too late and then getting to bed and not getting my sleep. And I just wasn't functioning right, you know, to where now – you know, I'm just more intentional about my sleep and 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 making sure that I've scheduled the time to get good sleep. And then, you know, I think this carries over into the backcountry. Like being sleep deprived is one of the toughest things on these hunts. And so, like, I make sure I'm comfortable. My pad, um, oh, I, I can't I can't remember the name of it right now. There's that acuity. I must not have got that sleep last. Night. My room was too <laughs> yeah. hot last night. Just so you know, oh, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but um, yeah, that uh, 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 being able to get that sleep in the backcountry is so important, and especially when you're working so hard out there, you know, and and also that that altitude, um, you know, it it can mess with your sleep patterns, and you don't get as good mm. as sleep, and so. Like I think making these patterns while we're training and while we're at home and our everyday life carries over. And then when I'm in the backcountry, I make sure, you know, I, I pack an extra half a pound to have a real comfortable mattress and pad that's three and a half inches thick to where, you know, I don't wake up 10 times throughout the night because if I try to skimp on my pad and I go, you know, with a cheaper pad or with a, a you know, a, a less comfortable pad, I end up waking up and my hips sore or my shoulders sore. And I do that 10 to 20 times a night and I wake up and I'm exhausted. My body just didn't recover. And, and so that sleep is so important both on the hunt and at home and while we're training. And so I, I think that's the great thing about your courses. You guys discuss some of these things that aren't discussed in the hunting world and, and you have the scientific evidence to back it. And so that's why I think I enjoyed it so much is that I could read through it and, and dial in some of these things that I don't think about all the time. Um, you know, and, and, and just, you know, it, it's going to help me evolve and make me better by making sure I get my sleep or making sure I work on my breath work more and, and, and my lungs and breathing out of my diaphragm. And, um, so, so yeah, it's, uh, it, it's, it's one of the benefits of that course. Yeah. And I think the important, uh, important point there, Brian, too, is, is that, you know, the, the positive adaptations that we get from, you know, training, working out or whatever, they don't happen while we're doing it, right. They happen after they happen, you know, so uh, sleep and recovery is, that's 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 an indispensable part of it. You can't you're not going to make the gains you want to make or that you could make if you're not getting good sleep. Just it's just that's just the way it works. There's no getting around that. So if you're if you're training hard and working out hard, there's a reason that that you sleep well, Brian, and that's because you work you, you work your butt off during the day every day, right? And and you know so guys really need to understand that is is that's that that is the absolutely critical part of, of training is sleep. It's, it's a, it's a part of just as, just as important as going to the gym for sure. 
Ryan, you talked about, um, you said you hate that word muscle memory, but I'm going to use it again. It almost seems like our brain downloads the data, like the work we put in and more of the skill work, like the shooting a bow or casting a fly rod or getting used to these uh-huh. these maneuvers. Like we practice them through the day and it's tough. Like you can work an hour or two at, at your bow and, and you're being intentional at your work. Maybe you're working on your grip or the execution or pulling through your shot or whatever it is. And it seems like within that hour or two that you're working on it, you don't really improve that much. But then when you go to sleep, it's almost like your brain's downloading that information. And when you come back to it the next day, all of a sudden you've improved drastically. And it, it's it, it's just that that good night's sleep and downloading that information that, uh, you know, that neurological fire that you talked about, your brain like works through that as you're sleeping. Uh, Would you agree with that? Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, like Mike said, um, you know, sleep is recovery and, you know, we would consider sleep to be a parasympathetic activity and uh, the, the kind of counter the other side of that, coin of, of parasympathetic would be sympathetic. And these are functions of the nervous system. And so, you know, like you said earlier, Brian, with, with muscle memory, um, you know, it, the memory isn't in the muscle. The, the memory is in the, uh, the nervous system. It's, it's how our neurons fire and, and it's how these neurons talk to each other. And, and so, you know, this, these are functions of the same thing because, you know, we're talking about sleep and, and nervous system and, and the nervous system is, you know, how we tell, which muscles to, to move and do what. And so, um, you know, when we talk about sleep being a, a recovery modality and being a parasympathetic activity, um, what that really does for us is it builds bandwidth. And so, you know, just like you would think of bandwidth for your internet at home, um, our bandwidth as a human um, it is sort of a measure of how much stuff we can deal with. It's, it's our capacity to, you know, handle things. And obviously the greater that capacity, the more things we can deal with or, or handle. And so, you know, if you want to stress test that, just stay up all night tonight, don't go to sleep. And you'll realize very quickly what low bandwidth feels like tomorrow and how little you could deal with, um, you know, on a day where you don't get any sleep. And so, you know, like Mike said, um, you know, you guys have already kind of alluded to, um, you know, we, um, we process metabolic waste, um, while we're sleeping, we clear out all that stuff. We, we process information and, and things are, um, that have been kind of downloaded throughout the day mentally. Uh, they're kind of assimilated and, and our brain kind of sorts through those things. Um, uh, hormones are being produced while we're sleeping. So, you know, sleep is impactful, um, on way more levels than most people realize. And, um, it's funny, I used to host a podcast called the optimal performance podcast, and I would always ask people for their top three tips to improve performance. And I started to get upset after about a year or so because <laughs> everybody would always say sleep. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things where like when you listen to a podcast, like you're, you're coming in and you're looking for like, you know, that super secret, like I didn't know this thing tip. And, you know, after a long time, when, when all these experts are all saying like, Hey, one of the top three things you can do to perform better is get better sleep. Um, you start to realize that it, it really is that powerful and it does make that much of a difference. And, you know, I think just to, to wrap up that thought, you know, as you guys were talking earlier, um, not just on the mountain, but, you know, throughout every single day when we're getting better sleep, if we have that better bandwidth, 
then we're coming to all of these decisions from a better place. And, you know, what we've been talking about is building consistency and making better decisions day in and day out and, and showing up as that person that we want to be. Our ability to do that is exponentially increased when we have greater bandwidth, when we're coming to that, you know, well-rested, um, you know, and, and again, it's just one of those little things that we can do to, uh, you know, multiply the odds in our favor and, and to stack more and more of these things on our side. Gosh, I love that. Mike, um, how, how much better are fly fishermen on the second day than they are at the end of the first day? <laughs> yeah, even better on the third day. Uh, yeah, you know, that's, I think, anything we're, we're learning how to do. You know, you, you sort of imprint some things on, on the first day of learning and you, you know, and then you, you do your best learning after so you can reflect on those things, both, both you know, sort of mentally and, you know, in, in, within your nervous system. And, and they're, they're sort of imprinted there. And the, the more you can stack on top of each other, you know, the, the better it becomes. So, you know, I, I you know, for me, the analogy is, is going skiing right you same same program you you might be you haven't skied for a year and and, and you go and, and you fall a couple times the first day and then the second day you're okay i got this i can visualize what's going on i can you know kind of get in the get in the groove a little bit easier and yeah i mean that's that's how we learn it's it's a it's you know uh repetition and and imprinting and the imprinting happens you know after the fact it's it's you know either while we're sleeping or while we're relaxing kind of kind of thinking through and visualizing what happened during the day that's all you know uh critical to becoming better at things like that man um well i really appreciate you guys you guys are an absolute asset to the hunting community and um i just i just really appreciate you know coming on the podcast and sharing this information and and also uh, giving me access to the course, um, you know, it, it, it's improved my training and it, it's definitely going to improve my performance this season. So I really appreciate both of you guys and I, I can't wait to, to share the mountain with you and um, hang out a little bit more. So uh, thank you. Th thank you, Brian. Likewise. Yeah, Brian, thank you so much. And, you know, all, all the, the respect and, and admiration is, is mutual and looking forward to sharing the mountain with you too. And, one, one real quick thing to add, I know we've talked a lot about the course, but, you know, as you say, you know, our, our intention is to be as much of an asset to, you know, this community as possible. And, and the course is only part of the offerings. We uh, are going to actually, uh, on the nutrition side, we're going to have freeze-dried meals. Um, we'll have a limited edition this year, but, you know, this will be another arm of Fuel the Pursuit. And so we'll be bringing the uh, healthiest and best freeze-dried backpacking meals to uh, the backpacking, backcountry hunting community very soon, too. Oh, amazing, you guys. Yeah, I can't wait. So um, thanks again, and we'll uh, keep in touch. All right. Sounds good, Brian. Thank you. Okay. All right. Thanks, Brian. All right. Fun conversation with those guys. Uh, just so knowledgeable about human performance and I love those conversations like around mental toughness and mental fortitude and, and, and how to gain more of it. it. It's such an asset for Western hunting. And, and the more we can add those layers and develop it, just the better we're going to be on these backcountry hunts and the better chance we have at success. So uh, just absolutely awesome. Thanks to those guys for being on the podcast. Thank you guys for the support of the podcast. I really appreciate you guys. And, um, 
Just want to thank my sponsors real quick. Uh, make sure to give them some support over there at Sportsman's Warehouse and then also uh, Earl Stroll over there at Cutter Stabilizers. Just building awesome stabilizers. And uh, yeah, I just I just love the way I can fine-tune my setup, you know, both on hold and forgiveness of it. Uh, it's just a, a great product. So thanks to those guys for their support. Uh, I have that promo code over there at Eastman's. So both magazines for $50 get a free Outdoor Edge knife, and that includes shipping and handling. So uh, just put in Elevated321 at checkout, and you'll get that. And, um, yeah, check out the Beyond the Grid. Got that new one that's going to be coming out. I'm super excited for so can't wait to share that with you guys. And, um, man, I've just been busy. It's been busy here uh, running construction and, and – um, doing the everything else I've got to get done, and then also trying to fit in a little bear hunting along the way. It's uh, bear season around here, really greening up and, and was getting good hunting, and then I had a snowstorm come in, and so I haven't seen a track or a bear for the last four or five days, but um, today it's supposed to be 60 degrees, so it's melting a lot of that snow. I think we got like over a foot in the mountains, which is great. We needed it. We need moisture in the mountains, and and uh, this will also help with the green up as well. And so uh, bear hunting's getting really good here. So I've got a couple two three weeks left to try to arrow one. Also uh, two three weeks left to try to help my buddies in in their quest to arrow one. So I'm just super excited. Uh, Going to be burning the candle at both ends and hunting evenings and going hard and. Yeah, I just love the challenge of trying to get a good arrow in a mature boar. So um, super fun. I'm having a riot, and um, I will sit down. I was just going to record a solo podcast here and uh, got busy, but I, I will start to record those with uh, regularity as well. Um, so at least do one a month, and especially as we lead into hunting season here, I'm getting so excited. So I have blanked in about every state for every different species thus far. Tags are getting tougher and tougher to come by, but, you know, we just got to keep at it. And I actually think I drew a tag today. So I saw a charge come on my card, and uh, I'm hoping it's my my early season mule deer tag that I've been um, hoping and wishing for. So I think I'm going to end up getting that. I haven't seen the success results on the website yet so uh it's it's not a done deal but i'm pretty excited that i think i drew the tag that i wanted for this deal so man i just can't wait um just getting more and more excited for fall oh i i booked my tickets i'm gonna head back to hawaii uh so thankful to have good friends out there that are gonna host me but i love chasing those axis deer things are just a riot uh they're just coming into the rut now so um i've got a few things to take care of and uh, just when my dates line up, so I'm going to head out there in um, early July and go hunt those things. So super stoked about that. Uh, I've got a lot of good things on the horizon. So um, can't wait to go do them and can't wait to share them with you guys. And, uh, man, just keep this thing rolling. So uh, it's going to be a fun fall. But, you know, being out bear season, it just reminds me, like, uh, just the, the toughness needed, mental fortitude needed, uh, the, those good hiking legs, you know, Bear season, I'm heavy. I've got my pistol and my good camera and things. And so for even a, a weekend trip, I'm 40 plus pounds on the backpack, you know, and uh, just reminds me that that uh, elevation and weight on the back are the, the absolute equalizer. And not only 
do I have to be in good shape to be able to do a bunch of miles in elevation? I have to be able to do it with weight on my back. And so, um, man, it just reiterates the, the, the training and preparation that has to go into these hunts just to give myself a chance at success. And, and then you take, you know, some of these high country hunts that are 10, 11,000 feet in elevation or higher, 12, 13,000. Um, man, oh man, it, it puts this extra exertion on my body, on everybody else's body. So I just want to be as prepared as I can be. And these tags are getting tougher and tougher to get to. So, um, you know, I don't want to take it lightly. I want to really look at the entire season and how much time I can spend there, uh, set my goals really high and, uh, then be able to immerse myself in the hunt and really take it all in and, and, um, you know, put my everything into it because, uh, you know, the the tougher these tags get like the the you know the more appreciation or more effort i want to put into them you know it's a it's a great opportunity and so hopefully this year that that tag that i'm telling you about will come to fruition i'll see those successful results start preparing and then just plan a bunch of days to go hunt that place so man i'm super stoked um, but thank you guys. I appreciate the support. Great podcast with, uh, Ryan and Mike. I've known Mike for a long time, like probably 15 years or so. Um, just a great guy. One of the best guides on the Madison and then, um, yeah, a, a really good public land hunter as well. So, um, really fun to have him on the podcast and have a conversation. And, uh, I've really enjoyed getting to meet Ryan too. I enjoyed his book, enjoyed their course. Uh, so go check that out if you're interested. And, um, man, with that, I'll check in with you guys next week.